Well, as a church, each week we, we have some teaching from the Bible because we, we sit under the authority of the Bible. We believe what it tells us, partly because Jesus did. And Jesus, well, he predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection and then pulled it off. And we thought, someone who can do that is worth listening to. And Jesus submitted himself to this teaching, saw it as food from his Father in heaven. And so that's why we do as a church. Um, and I said to John, a friend at the, just a moment ago, I said, oh, you know, people are having a chat. Maybe I'll cut my sermon down, make it shorter. And he said, it's church. People expect a long sermon. So you asked for it. But we have got another video for you. I'll play you another video in a moment, so don't worry. Some, some stimulus for your eyes. Um, but I want to address those of you who've been baptized today, as well as us as a church, um, just like, you know, when you go to a wedding and the couple make a vow and then often the weddings I go to, the couple then sit down and someone addresses them at the start of their married life. Well, I want to address you almost wherever you are scattered across the room at the start of your Christian life because becoming a Christian isn't really about signing up to a set of beliefs. And, you know, these people who got baptized, they didn't look at all the things that Christians believe and go tick, 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 tick. They didn't. They said, no, I'm going to follow Jesus. Becoming a Christian is a way of living. I mean, ultimately, how you live demonstrates what you believe, regardless of what you say. So you might tick something and live differently, regardless of what you tick, how you live is actually how you believe. And being a Christian is about living. In fact, the first followers of Jesus, before they were called Christians, were called followers of the way, the way of Jesus. And it is the way of Jesus that is the attractive and beautiful life. Uh, in fact, the Apostle Paul, he writes to a church in Greece and he says to them, he says, listen, imitate me in my life as I imitate Jesus. So we want to imitate Jesus. And I've got a few Bible verses I want to read. Um, in fact, three different parts of the Bible. We'll start with two and then we'll do one a bit later on. But the Apostle Paul's a man who wrote much of the New Testament and he writes letters to different churches, groups of Christians who are trying to follow the way of Jesus. And he writes to them and uh, to a church in Greece in Colossians chapter 3. He tells the Christians... And I tell you who've been baptized, and us as a church, he says, Let the peace of the Messiah rule in your hearts, to which you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of the Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's the first thing that Paul says, and I'd say to you is, allow the word of the Messiah Jesus, allow it to dwell in your hearts richly. We'll look at what that means. But then Jesus himself, addressing his Christians in John chapter 13, he said, that, he said to them this, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are now to love one another. By this will people know that you're my disciples. By this will people know that you're Christians. Not that you go to church, not that you pray. By this you will be my disciples by how you vote, no. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And loving people is an active thing. It's, when Jesus talks about loving people, he says, love, the, love others as I've loved you. How has Jesus loved them? It wasn't the love of pop songs or of wild nights of passion. It was the love of sacrifice and of serving, of giving yourself to other people. So those of you who've been baptized, us as Christians, this is what we're called to do, to follow the way of Jesus. And that looks like pouring ourselves out 
for other people, laying down our lives for people. And then in Acts chapter 2, we get an insight into how the first Christians lived. You know, so having heard what Jesus said, this is how they went about applying it. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it's a description of the early church. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And then later on in verse 46, it says, Day by day they attended the temple, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So how are Christians supposed to live? Well, Jesus says, love. And the, the Christians who are, or his followers who are hearing him say that, how did they, what did they do once Jesus had gone? Well, it says that they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to teaching, to learning from, listening to Jesus, what he has to say, what's recorded in this book. They devoted themselves to fellowship, which is to one another, to the church family. And it says they devoted themselves, to an unusual phrase, to breaking bread and to the prayers. And I bring this up because as a church, over the next few weeks, we are embarking on a, a journey. And if you're, you know, whether you're part of the church or not, you can join us on this. It's a, a journey whereby we're wanting to a, apply a particular aspect of following Jesus. And it's an aspect of following Jesus that Christians have done all the time, but sometimes we don't talk about it loads, and we should. And so we're talking about it this morning for the next four weeks until you're sick of it. Because I always think the chance to stand up here isn't just a chance to you know, say some nice things or maybe crack a few jokes or tell a few stories. It's a chance to get under our skin and say, what does God want for us in this year? What does he want for you in, in terms of following him? What's it going to look like? And so we, for the next four weeks teaching this, we put the slide up. We're going to be looking at the principle of practicing hospitality, of learning to open our hearts and open our homes to one another. That's what it says. They devoted themselves to the breaking bread. Christians did that. In fact, original church services, I mean, church services in a society like this, they look a little bit like a show because we have a band and we sing songs. And we go, oh, okay, it's a little bit of a show. Or in some places, they look a little bit different from this. Um, in the early church, the original church services, they look like, me- they look like meals. Just ga- they used to call them love feasts um, where Christians would gather and break bread and share their lives with one another. And sometimes they'd, they'd meet in their homes and some people's homes could cater for up to 100 people. So we're about 100 people bit this morning, a bit more. This is a house church. Let's have a meal. Let's, um, let's break some bread. Let's enjoy one another's company. Because that's what the early church did. In fact, two centuries after the early church, there was a, a, a church father, a man named Tertullian. Tertullian, which is a great name. No one names their kid Tertullian anymore. We should bring that back. That should be a resolution. In 2020, let's bring back the name Tertullian. Now, Tertullian wrote a letter, and he describes what church gatherings were like. And he says, he says this, um, whatever it costs, people would bring together. He says, before we ate our food, we would pray. And then after we've eaten our food, we'll sing, and then we'll pray to finish. That was it. That was their church service. I'd bring some food, pray, eat, pray, sing, go. <laughs> that sounds like a fun church. In fact, I have a dream, and it's not as quite as exciting as Martin Luther King's dream, but I have a dream that we as a church in this year, we start to practice that a lot more. Um, wouldn't it be amazing if every week, maybe a Thursday night or a Friday night, we could just put out some tables here and just have dinner, pray, sing, pray, leave. It's simple. That's church. At least it was. 
And in 2020, I'd love for a dream like that to become reality. But those of you who know me know that organizing my dreams is not my gift. It's yours, or it's some of yours. So, <laughs> all right, the laughter communicates the truth in that, and that hurts. <laughs> but I'd love for some of you to go, I like that dream. I want to get on board with that dream. I'll help make that dream possible. Let's pick a night of the week, and let's start doing dinner and praying and singing together each week. That sounds like fun. Now, we're talking about following the way of Jesus and what it looks like. And I'm saying that following the way of Jesus looks like practicing hospitality, opening our hearts, opening our homes to one another. And a few weeks ago now, I sat down with a good friend of mine who I think excels at this aspect of following Jesus and just had a conversation with her about how does she do it and what can we learn as a church. And so we're going to watch a, a clip from my conversation with her, listen in to some of the tips that she's got to bring. Uh, and then I'm going to stand up and bring just some encouraging, concluding comments about how we can do that together. So, we're ready. Let's watch this video together. Okay, so hopefully you'll catch some of the heart of why we're talking about this. So, I think it's a, a, a travesty, and it's really heartbreaking that we live in a society that's as affluent as this. And yet we also know that loneliness is increasing. People are dying of loneliness, and yet we have more wealth resources than ever before. I think as a church, as followers of the way of Jesus, we need to learn to do our bit to try to reach out to people outside of our immediate circle of friends, people that we know perhaps. And I know some of you are amazing at this. I'm preaching to the choir. In fact, why don't you get up and sing? I'm preaching to the choir um, and you're really good at this. The word hospitality um, is the word from which we get the word hospital. Because in the previous centuries, Christian monks would gather in monasteries, and monasteries were places of refuge for people who were lonely or hurting or in need of repair in life. And their hospitality is what created the hospitals that we now know and are familiar with. I want to read one short little bit from Jesus' life to finish. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35 says, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. And it says, when he saw the crowds that were following him, Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. It's one of my favorite lines in all of the New Testament where it's Jesus looks at the crowd and he has compassion on them. Jesus' heart is open. He sees the people and he sees the need. Often we don't see the need because we don't see the crowd. Jesus sees them, he's opened his heart to them. And what's Jesus' response? He sees the crowd. I think there's a lot of them and one of me. And so what does he do? He turns to his friends. He says, pray that God sends more people out. And actually the next few verses, that's what he does. He sends his followers out. Jesus opens his heart and then he sends his followers out and says, come on, open your homes. Open the resources that you've got, however you've got them. So that's our challenge for the month. Now, now I'm guessing most of you sitting here probably thinking, it sounds like a great idea. I might have some reasons why that's difficult for me, but I'm on board. Help me to do that. And often, if we're, if we're being honest, one of the major reasons why we don't do this sort of thing more is because of a short little word, but a big problem, it's the word busy. 
busyness. We're, we're often in a hurry. We're often rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing. So what do we do? How do we, having seen the need, how do we reach out to people? Jesus' teaching to his followers is summed up in that one word, isn't it? Love. This will help people, you know, my, you know you're my disciples, is if you love one another. What's the one thing that would stop you and me from loving people better? Just busy. It's too rushed. In fact, I, I, want, I read recently someone said, if the devil could stop you doing something, it'd, be, it'd get you to stop believing in God. And if you can't stop that, it'd just make you busy. So you haven't got time for anything else. You haven't got time to get to know God and grow in God. So here's our challenge. Is that we slow our lives down. We become more unhurried. We learn to love people more intentionally. Someone wrote a book once about Jesus called The Four Mile Per Hour God. Because he was. Like God comes to earth as a man. And how does he travel? Just walks. (laughs) He walks from place to place to place as the four mile per hour God. He's on the road. He's got time for people. You see this in the Bible over and over again. People come to him and he's got time for them. He gives them his time. And so here's four simple practices as we finish to help us. Number one, slow down your life. I dare you. (laughs) Slow it down. Join the longest queue at the supermarket on purpose. Just stand there. Be like, what am I doing? I could go there. I'm standing here, slowing my life down. And when you get to the cashier... Treat her like a person or him like a person rather than a machine. Like, yes, thank you. Goodbye. Slow down your life to see the people in front of you. Next, simplify your life. That sounds easy, doesn't it? Only yesterday my wife was talking about Marie Kondo or whatever her name is. Um, look at your clothes and get rid of the ones you don't ever wear. Simplify your life. Here's a radical thing you could do if you're working. Delete the email app off your phone. I promise you, your life will be better. Okay, you don't seem as convinced by that one. Uh, Another one, silence and solitude. Here's something that people are telling us all the time we need to recover. They call it mindfulness. The Bible calls it prayer. So silence and solitude. Be alone, properly alone. Leave your phone at home and just learn to exist in the real natural world around you again that's one of my challenges for the year I've set regular dates in my diary every week to say I'm just going to sit before God in silence and I'm an external processing extrovert which means I get lonely in like a split second I need people and it means if I'm not speaking I'm probably not thinking (laughs) because I just don't know how to think in there Um, but I need to learn it to just have some silence and some solitude to switch off my all the apps in my brain just I'm just going to be The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. It's not only good for your mental health, it's good for just the pace of your life in general. And these things are all ways to help us get better at living the way of Jesus and showing a more hospitable life. And here's here's an unfamiliar word, the word, last one, Sabbath. It's an old Christian practice or Jewish practice in the Bible. Learn to have a day a week where you just switch off and you just delight yourself in slow things. You know, we're doing this in our house. We have, we, at the moment, we're calling it a digital rest because the word Sabbath, well, I mean, what does that mean? So we tell our boys, having a digital rest, boys, which means one day a week, no screens in the house, which is like I've just announced the apocalypse. They're like, no! Nah! <laughs> we switch off our screens. We play some games over dinner. Or we try not to argue over dinner. That's our new, new year's resolution. Let's argue less over dinner. 
We play games, we slow down, we just be and we just enjoy. And our prayer is that we do those things that we might get to know God, but that we might also be able to open our home and our heart more to the people around us. Whenever I went on holiday with my dad, he would always make us walk everywhere until we had blisters on our feet because he would always say there's this mantra in our home, the best way to see a place is to walk it. You know, so we are on holiday and he's like, the best way to see a place is to walk. And so we'd walk and be like, I don't really want to see a place. I just want to stop walking. I don't really care. Let me go home. So this is the introduction to a few weeks. We've got some booklets coming out next week. We're going to give everyone, set ourselves some challenges. My goal, my challenge is to motivate you, to show you that it is good for you and good for the world if we can open our hearts and homes more to one another. I'm going to pray and we're going to sing a song of response, which might be a bit strange because I'm not really kind of G'd you up to say, hey, let's respond to Jesus. But instead, we're going to use this time as a song. You can listen to Sarah sing and the band and you can just start to take stock of your own life. How can I simplify my life? How can I slow my life down? How can I have more solitude? How can I Sabbath and just rest for a day a week more in my life? And if you're sitting there going, this sounds great, I'd love to know more about Jesus. Well, you're in a church, you're surrounded by Christians. You're welcome to talk to someone that you know or join us. It's what we are. We're a group of people who are saying, I'm trying to learn the way of Jesus. I'm trying to follow him. Sometimes we get it right. A lot of time we don't. But we know he loves us and you know, he forgives us and we're committed to learning from him. Let me pray, and then the band will come and join us.